Welcome to Elite Six Think Tank, an open discussion group with business owners who share their knowledge, experience and skills. Thanks for zooming in and I really value your time and having you guys here today. Uh, I just want to explain the format of the meeting today because that's something that we've been trying to struggle to get right over the last couple of weeks. Um, normally on a Friday, I run a think tank meeting and we meet at uh, on the Bealey Avenue, the Bealey on Bealey Avenue. And it's an open chat discussion where everyone throws in their two cents worth. So I mean, we normally pick the theme of the meeting from the previous week before. But as we're, and as you know, we're all uh, adapting, I thought it would be um, good to talk about the topics that were discussed over the week. But to be honest, most of the questions that uh, uh, that have been asked have been answered by Elite Six members, and they've kindly provided us amazing articles of things that if you're stuck and you're perplexed and you don't know where to go with your business, um, we've got about five or six new blogs on our website. So if you if you've got a building and it's got a lease on it and you're not sure whether you should or shouldn't pay how much for your lease, there's an article about that. If you've got staff and you don't know whether you should be paying tax on the money they're getting or how to do all that, we've got articles on that as well. So use the resource on our website, elite6.co.nz, check out our blogs. So in saying that, I thought I would sort of um, find out what we learned throughout the week and share that with you today. And I think this is a time where we need, really need to start thinking different and the old ways of doing things isn't going to work in the environment that we have at the moment. So I'm encouraging people to think different, embrace change and get up to speed with technology. I think it's really important that you embrace this stuff. And we had one lady come on here and she spent about 20, 25 minutes trying to get her head around it. And at the end of the meeting, she said, this was amazing. This is awesome. Uh, you know, I've got a community online and she really found that quite powerful. So I think it's also a time to work collectively, collectively with other people. So find a buddy or a mate that you can actually, you have a common interest with and work together on a project and uh, help feed off each other that way. And I think it's a good time, Michael will cover this, I'm sure, but um, check up on your mates, you know, talk to strangers and adopt a, an online friend. So somebody you might not spend a bit of time with might be sitting at home feeling sorry for themselves, you know, adopt them as a friend, ring them up, set them up on Zoom and have a face-to-face -face with them. It's quite comforting. And so even over the last uh, two weeks, I've noticed that people that already know each other are building better and stronger relationships in different ways just by using this technology. And think about it this way is we actually are in each other's living rooms. So it's a really nice way to meet a friend, isn't it? And personally, I think... Um, a lot of things that's happening in the world at the moment don't make a lot of sense to me. So we've got 9 million people who die of hunger and hunger-related diseases every year when other people are earning $400,000 a week for kicking a soccer ball around the grounds. You know, and I think it's, it's a time to look at the way we do things and adopt changes. You know, so in saying that, I'm saying to people, look at what you do have control over now rather than... Um, the things that you can't control. And so I've, I'm dyslexic and this is the way I live life. You can't, um, you can be good today, but don't be perfect tomorrow because tomorrow never comes. So a lot of the um, leaders that we have out there at the moment, um, they get uh, inundated with criticism 
Um, and leaders are really good at leading. So follow them if you may, but don't expect perfection from them um, because uh, they're, they're just working with what they've got at the moment. So I don't know about you guys, but I'm actually quite enjoying stepping out of the pace of what we had and simplifying life. And I actually really am actually enjoying just being at home with the three fundamentals and that is shelter, food and being around friends and family. And I think if we look at the pace that we had and the fact that we've all been um, housebound, it's actually not that bad of lifestyle in my eyes. So I hope you feel the same way. But I think one of the big things today is actually having the right mindset. And, um, and that's why when uh, I, I've been asking people to come on as speakers and I know Michael really well, and I thought it'd be a good opportunity um, for Michael to come on here and talk about um, mental, the mentalness. Um, so I've got um, David Clarkson, who I've just unmuted. And I thought it would be nice for David to do an introduction of Michael, who uh, David's a good friend of mine, so is Michael. So I'm gonna just uh, let David do an introduction about Michael so you can hear what he's got to say. Morning, everybody. It's a real pleasure to be here with you today and also to be introducing Michael Hempsey. I've known Michael for about the past five or six years because the two of us were together in New Zealand, the New Zealand Professional Speakers Association. Michael is a man with an honours degree in psychology. His specialties have been around uh, suicide, depression and a number of other mental conditions. His work has been uh, in these areas, has been recognized by his peers. He's a professional public speaker. He's an author. Uh, in fact, that's his book. If you ever get a chance to read it, it's worthwhile. He's also a commentator on our mental condition. And so it's with great pleasure that I welcome Michael to join us at Elite Six for this think tank. Everybody, please join with me in giving a big, warm Elite Six welcome to Michael Hempsey. Woo! That clapping on the internet. Yeah, I think I've stuffed up straight away here because I've actually cut um, cut the wrong person off. So I don't know if I can fix that in a hurry. So I'm just going to... Uh, uh, right, I can make a start. Michael, what have I done? I have no idea. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so um, there's three points that I want to cover today. Um, the first one is stress. So we know that the change in circumstances is going to be very stressful for a lot of people. Uh, there were two psychologists in the 1960s called Holmes and Ray, and they looked at um, bad events that affected people, you know, divorce, div um, death, things like that. And obviously a significant change like that would cause people stress. But the surprise finding was that they found that not only did negative events cause stress, they also found that positive changes, so if someone wanted to get married, if someone was happy with the relationship, um, they found that just that change from going from being single to being married caused people a lot of stress. So it's important to realize that it's not just negative changes that can cause us stress, it can also be positive ones. So um, if you're like most in New Zealand, you've probably had a very stressful week for several reasons. Uh, technology can be wonderful, um, but it also has lots of problems with it. And sometimes it doesn't work quite as smoothly as we think it does. Um, I think one of the things that you can do to manage the stress is to really try and learn about the technology. 
and say, if you are logging into an important Zoom meeting, don't log in two minutes before. You know, try and log in 10 minutes before to give yourself a bit of extra time so that, you know, when things do go wrong, you're not panicking, you've got time to sort it out. So um, as we talk about some of the different reactions that we're going to see, uh, lots of people have been expecting people to struggle this week, um, but my suspicion is that most people will actually cope remarkably well in the first week or two. What we know after major disasters such as the Christchurch earthquake and tsunamis and things like that, psychologically, most people cope remarkably well um, immediately after. And part of the reason is that this is actually when you get to see humanity at its best. This is when you get to see the incredible love and care that people show to each other. Uh, if you think of all the amazing things that happened after the earthquakes in Christchurch, people reached out to total strangers to help them. They didn't want any sort of gain, they just did it for the good of humanity. And so often what we see in the first couple of weeks, maybe even months after a major disaster, um, is that actually psychologically most people cope really well. Um, and a large part of that is their community spirit. However, what we find is that often in the months and after disaster, that's possibly when things go wrong. Um, so we need to keep up that community spirit. And it's really important that if you do know someone that maybe is a bit isolated, maybe you know an elderly neighbor that isn't on the internet or someone like that, make sure that you contact them. And you can just start off the conversation by just saying, I just wanted to check in with you and see how you are doing in the middle of the lockdown. And if you're not sure what to ask them, you can ask them what do they normally do in their free time? Um, what do they like either watching on TV? Do they read? Just ask them some basic questions to get to know each other. Um, it's important to know that a lot of people will be grieving at this time. And we often think that grief only happens after the death of a loved one. But there's lots of other things that can cause grief. Uh, there's been a lot of psychological research on the, on the um, grief that comes from the loss of a job. So in the Western world, when you introduce yourself, um, the first thing you often say is what you do for a job. And so our identity is often tied up in what we do, rightly or wrongly. And so if someone loses their job, um, it's not just a source of income that they've lost, they have possibly lost their identity as well. So it's important to know that if people have been made redundant or aren't able to work, that can be a source of grief for a lot of people. Uh, there's a great book, we'll put this on the Facebook page after this, um, called It's Okay That You're Not Okay by Megan Devine. And she says that we're really bad at helping people that grieve in the Western world. Um, a lot of people that are going through grief, they say their friends and family abandon them because they don't want to say the wrong things. And actually, what's the worst thing you can do in those situations is um, avoid the person. So we need to get better at being with people that maybe are upset, maybe are um, struggling to cope. The best of humanity is that when we put aside our own wants and our own comfort to be with those people. Uh, I've worked with many people that have been grieving over the years and I often ask them, so what helps you the most? And they often say, and it wasn't someone trying to say something to fix it all, because let's face it, there's no magic sentence that can fix things. What they were um, really appreciative was people just sitting down with them and having a coffee. And obviously you might not be able to do that in person via the lockdown, but you can still be present online, have a Zoom meeting, have a Skype meeting or something. So just being with people that are grieving is really, really important. Now, if you are concerned that someone really isn't coping, um, you know, if they've um, had severe anxiety, depression, or if they're suicidal, 
then it's important to know that emergency mental health services are still operating. If you're not sure how to access this, a really good place to start off is with a doctor. Um, doctor surgeries are still operating. They ask that you call first. But if you are really concerned that someone isn't coping, um, you can say to them, I am concerned about you. We often say, to, um, ask people, how are you? The problem is if you ask someone, how are they? They often just immediately reply, yes, I'm fine. So if you say something like, I'm concerned, or I have noticed that lately you don't seem to be yourself, lately you're really struggling. And um, it's important to get the person help. Um, in the time of the lockdown, I suggest going to see a doctor, just probably because that's one of the simplest and easiest paths. Um, a couple of other groups that are offering help, the Student Volunteer Army, um, they're offering people that can go and pick up shopping for people. Um, they've also got people that can make phone calls to people that might be a bit isolated and might be struggling. This is a really difficult time. And I think the antidote to a lot of the fear that we have in the world at the moment is hopefulness. Um, and I'll give you a couple of examples of hopefulness. Hopefulness does not mean denying the situation is bad. Yes, the current situation we are in is really bad right now. But believe it or not, um, the smallpox vaccine, and smallpox was a deadly disease. It was estimated it killed between three and 500 million people in the 20th century. That was developed in 1795 by Edward Jenner. And if we can use technology that is 200 years old to beat something um, like smallpox, I have great faith that we can um, use modern technology, which is so much better, to beat the coronavirus. So yes, the situation is bad, but there is something we can do about this. So I think trying to find a culture of hopefulness is really important. Finally, I know a lot of people are struggling financially. And um, we often say, oh, money isn't everything, but actually it's really easy to get down and depressed if you are struggling financially. Well, there's a story of a man, he owned a general store. Unfortunately, that general store did not do very well uh, and it went bankrupt. This man ended up in a huge amount of debt. It took him 17 years to pay off the debt. Think back to where you were in 2003. That is a really, really long time to be burdened with a massive debt. He felt hopeless and he had a nervous breakdown. This man um, thought about changing uh, professions and he decided to go in for politics. He went in for an election and no one voted for him. He went in for five more elections and no one voted for him then. However, on the 6th of November, 1860, this man was elected as the president of the United States. You might've heard of him, Abraham Lincoln. So we need to try and find examples of hopefulness. Yes, there are some really bad things that are happening in the world right now. Yes, lots of people are struggling. And genuine hopefulness doesn't um, just brush that off. Genuine hopefulness can acknowledge, yes, the present situation can be really bad. But based on past examples, we can find hope that even if a situation is really bad right now, people can recover. Right, do we have some questions? Uh, thanks, Michael. Uh, that's absolutely awesome. I just thought it'd be quite a good thing. I one thing I always sticks to mind when I've talked to you in the past, when um, somebody's feeling down, you recommend actually asking them, "Do you feel suicidal?" Yeah. How do you address that when you do meet somebody who actually you have a sense that they might be thinking that way? Yeah, and um, one of the things we do know is that difficult finances certainly can be a trigger for suicide. So if you are concerned and someone says to you something like, 
I can't recover from this. There's no way out of this. And if you hear anything that you think could indicate that someone could be suicidal, you should explicitly ask them and say what you've said first of all, to say, you just said to me, you think there's no way to go on. I am really concerned about you. Does that mean you are thinking about suicide? And you must be explicit mm. and use the word suicide or kill yourself. If you say, are you thinking of doing something stupid? That can mean something else. So you must explicitly ask about suicide. Now, we don't mind if we get the no response, but we often think, what on earth do I say if they say yes? Well, a really good thing to say is, I am so glad you told me that. If someone admits they're suicidal, they'll be feeling vulnerable. But if they hear the words, I'm so glad you told me that, you'll know they told the right person. Um, if you want more information about this, if you go to my website, beingatruehero.com, um, under sample chapters, I've got all this listed, um, how you can help someone that's suicidal. This is as a text file and also as an audio recording. So if you do want more information about how to help someone that you're concerned could be suicidal, that's on there, beingatruehero.com. No, that's brilliant. And thank you for that. I'll actually ask the question in the chat room if you want one put there. Clinton Selby is asked the question, do you have any strategies around mount, uh, mental fitness when you're feeling low? Yeah, um, there's many things. Uh, certainly, I think hopefulness is really important. Uh, the other thing is there's a great book called Flow by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. Uh, slightly difficult to say and we'll put that on the uh, yeah Danny you can spell that right don't ask me to repeat that Mike and <laughs> uh, we can put this on the Facebook page later and um, he talks about people that get into the state of flow where they love what they're doing they really enjoy it and the time seems to fly by and he says that some people get into the state by mastering a new skill so the joy of learning um, you know it could be learning about technology something like that and you might have had this experience where you might have started off when you weren't very good at something, but learning to master a skill um, can really help you um, in a state of flow. And instead of staring at the clock and thinking, when is this lockdown going to be over? Um, you could think, I actually want another few weeks of this. So I think in terms of mental mm. fitness, trying to always um, learn, always improve is a really great way to be able to do this. And if it does get too much for you, and let's face it, it's probably going to happen to all of us at some point in the lockdown, you know, have a chat with someone. Uh, there's so many kind and caring people that are more than willing to just um, have a chat with you. And sometimes when you talk this through with someone else, you gain a bit of perspective. And sometimes in your head, it's really easy to get caught up in this black, depressing situation. But sometimes just talking to someone else, and sometimes if it's more serious, a counsellor or someone like that, can give you a bit of perspective. That sounds really good. Now, um, if you want to ask a question, you can put your hand up on the screen. We've got two layers of the screen, so I can't see everyone's hand. So don't, do remember, we've got a, a, I think down the bottom, you can actually click on participants and you can actually raise your hand next to it. And then we can ask you a question, which would be awesome. Uh, Rob, did you put a question in the chat? We did. Oh my goodness. Um, do you want to read that one for us, Helen, in the mic? If you were. If you're getting the rut of thinking, 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 are there any strategies to stop that or change that? ADHD people. <laughs> yeah. So I, I didn't, um, that was if you're getting all these negative thoughts, is there anything to stop that? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Over, overthinking things. I yeah. think that's what they're, they're sort of saying. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so as a simple technique, one of the things we've found is something called expressive writing. So if you just Google that, um, basically if you've got all these ideas in your head, they can go round and round and it can be really difficult. And what we've found is that if you can write it down, and it doesn't matter if you can't spell, you can even draw pictures, but that act of getting these negative thoughts and emotions out of your head and into something positive, like a piece of paper in front of you, has been shown to be really helpful. So if you just Google expressive writing, there's lots of information there. Um, I do want to point out for some people that, you know, really can't stop the thoughts, that's possibly an indicator you need to go see a doctor and possibly get some help with this. But for a lot of people, that act of expressive writing can be really helpful. Yeah, thank you. Mike. I'm actually in the wrong industry when it comes to reading notes. So Lance has actually offered to read the questions, which is, thank you, Lance. So Lance is our producer. Oh, I threw myself under the bus there. So a uh, question from Peter, what isn't being addressed is all of the negative scaremongering being released online by different news media organisations, which will push people over the edge. What's your re reply to that? Yeah, this is a difficult one. Um, there's two groups of people at the moment. The first group is um, the people that are absolutely petrified of this thing, and they need to hear good news stories. And then there are people that are not taking this seriously, um, and they probably do need to be given some of these fearful stories. So there's a bit of a um, difference, and unfortunately with the mass media, the media, the messages go out to everyone. So I think um, try and work out, you know, if you know that someone's getting really distressed by the media, say it's all right not to look at your phone, it's all right to switch off for a couple of days. And I just gave you a couple of um, examples of hopefulness earlier. Um, there are websites out there with hopeful news stories. You can try and um, suggest people look at those rather than some of the doom and gloom um, stories that have been in the media. Yeah, Gavin's given a response uh, that he's avoided the press and is only listening to the health minister or the prime minister speak. Uh, is there some balance to that or do you just take that as authoritative and leave it at that? Um, I think certainly um, most of what the government has said has been fairly accurate. I mean, this is a very serious um, disease that is out there. We do have to take it seriously. But um, I also think um, hearing about um, the fact that as human humanity can overcome great obstacles. And I think in today's world, we don't hear enough about the amazing achievements that humanity has done. So maybe trying to hear about more of some of these things um, can possibly take away some of that fear. Because if we just hear it's all bad, um, that can obviously cause a lot of stress and worry. But if we can find um, examples of where technology has made a difference, and for example, um, HIV took two years to identify um, in 1978, I think. Um, today, um, coronavirus took two weeks to um, identify. So there's things like that, that the technology is getting so much better, and that should give us hope. Mm. I actually had a funny experience uh, about 10 days ago. I got a message from somebody on Facebook. I got lots of messages from Facebook, but they were sending some cure around yeah. for the coronavirus. So then I replied back and I said, as nice as I could, you know, I know your intentions are good, but, um, you know, this is like propaganda. It's not factual. And if it was factual, I think we need to watch the, the leaders, you know, deliver it on the news. But in the meantime, the lady got all upset with me and gave me a real hard time. And I was sort of thinking, do I pull those people out or do I just let them go down that road? And how do I handle it? Yeah, it is a tricky one. Um, one of the quite famous examples was Donald Trump suggested um, a cure. And there was a man, I think, in um, Arizona that 
uh, what Donald Trump was saying wasn't quite what this man took, but this man drank a whole lot of this chemical and it killed him. Um, so unfortunately, some of these cures can cause trouble. Um, so it is really important mm. to encourage you. If you want good advice, there's the COVID-19 government website. Um, the Scientific American, that's a website, is probably some of the best um, scientific information. It's extremely well researched. So if you want good information about quality um, you know, things you possibly can do to improve this, I'd recommend Scientific American. And most of their articles are quite easy to read. No, that's awesome. Right. Have a go. Michael, uh, another comment from Peter, which we'll uh, rephrase into a question. And uh, Sean, just acknowledging your comment. Uh, very sorry to, about your cousin. We've, I guess we've all been touched by that. Uh, Peter's comment is that some of the worst programs are like Seven Sharp or on the TV One News. The government needs to step in and ban any negative or false articles appearing. I guess part of the point of that is that for a lot of people, the TV news is their staple. It's their go-to. And how to actually take out of some of that uh, news that could be construed as sensationalism and pull out what is actually relevant. Yeah, um, if you are concerned about um, some of the media articles, you can make a complaint to the Broadcasting Standards Authority. Um, and I think in a couple of cases, I have seen articles that really are not helpful at this time. So um, that is also an option if you feel like, you know, they're not using good journalistic integrity. Mm, that's good. <clears throat> can, can I add a comment, Rob, around physical exercise and in terms of staying up is all exercise relate is rated equal um, <laughs> getting out of bed at nine o'clock um, so yeah so um certainly we know there's lots of studies that have come out that's shown that exercise is really great for your mental well-being um and it is relevant so um possibly um, some people can exercise a lot more, some people can exercise a lot less. Um, but if you can, um, you know, even just go for a walk, um, you know, around the block, if that's all you can manage. Um, but I think it is really important to get out and exercise. Um, we've found that um, exercise creates cannabinoids in your brain. And that's the same stuff that people have in marijuana. Um, it's one of the chemicals that makes you feel happy for a short time. But you don't need to take illicit substances to um, get that high. You can actually get that naturally from exercise. That's one of the reasons exercise works. All righty. Um, I'm just writing in the chat window myself, but I might as well ask you, seeing there's, there's a big pause. We've got, um, we've got lots of uh, opportunities here to create good habits, but it's very easy for the bad habits to sneak in uh, into our lives. I've been getting up at 7.30, well, earlier than that, running these um, Elite Six. We've been running meetings from 7.30 and 9.30 and 3 o'clock every day, and it's helped me keep a good routine. Uh, so I'm sort of thinking it's, but the other side of it, I'm starting to drink at three o'clock in the afternoon now instead of five o'clock and I'm creating other habits. So have you got any good advice around habit making really? That's what I'm sort of asking. Yeah, one of the things we know that really helps with good habits is accountability. So if you can find a friend or a family member to be accountable to and just go over your day um, so, you know, if you plan to do um, eight hours work and you spent six hours watching cat videos on YouTube, um, at the end of the day, you could um, catch up with your accountability person and just go through what you've done. So uh, that's a really great way to change your behavior because you might do it the first day. And then the second day when you go to watch all those cat videos, you think, mm, actually, I'm going to have to tell this person about it. So then that can change your behavior. 
I think um, routines are important, but also for some people, they just need a break. Some people are just so overwhelmed. And if you can't work and you just need to um, chill out for an afternoon or something like that, um, because you're so overwhelmed with what's happened, that's also fine. Yeah. Anyone else got any question? Put your hand up if you like. We've got two screens, so I can't see all hands. But one thing I, we did discuss, we've had quite a few really good open discussions this week, and that was guilt. And when we're going outside and we're walking around a neighborhood or somebody chooses to go for a run or a bike ride, um, it's that when you're meeting people and you weren't sure whether you should or shouldn't be doing something. Yeah. Um, guilt. Yeah. Um, so it's important to try and reduce contact as much as possible. Now, um, the government has said, so for example, going for a walk around your block is okay as long as you keep distance from people. Um, and a great way to do this is look at how dogs behave. Dogs are usually two meters in front of people. Um, that's a great way to social distance. So they're getting this right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think, you know, it's okay to um, keep your distance. Um, so what's, so for example, going for a walk around your block is okay. Um, going for a 10K run around your city is not okay. So try and keep it in perspective and um, just try and stay as around your home as much as possible and avoid people. I think also not being judgmental is really important as well, because I think some people need to do certain activities. And I think if everyone has an opinion about everything we do, um, I, I had a real bad experience just going to the supermarket and um, people walking the wrong way and walking too close. And I, I was actually started shaking. And I thought, this is crazy. I've traveled third world countries and here I am shaking inside a supermarket. And then, you know, and it was an experience. And I think, boy, if that happens to me. Imagine what's happened to other people and how they're dealing with those sort of things. Yeah. Um, um, if someone yeah. wants to go out, like this, as I said, there's a student volunteer army that can go pick up food for people. So, you know, if it really is too much to go out, and that's, we talk about that being for people over 70, um, but it is also available for other people that might not be able to get out so easily. Hmm. So yeah, I think you've covered lots of things there. I'd probably like some more questions from our. Uh, somebody have their hand up. Yes, Murray oh, had, uh, had his hand up. I'm just trying to get you off uh, mute, Murray. If oh, you're right, I'm off mute now. Um, you're talking about balance before in the TV news. I find watching Al Jazeera is it gives me a completely different perspective yeah. on what's going on. Yeah, the coverage is re usually really good. Um, I think they have had quite a few balanced articles. But it's, it's a complete different spin on the way the news is put compared to television New Zealand. Yeah. So one, if you want... One thing I'm really... Sorry. That's all right. One thing I'm really enjoying at the moment is LinkedIn. And there's a guy on there called um, Rob Bett. I think it's R-O-B-E-T-T. And he's been interviewing some amazing guys. And today he interviewed a guy that was actually uh, in prison who's come out the other side and he's now well qualified. And he talked about how he was always in solitary confinement and how he actually had endured through it. And it was a really interesting story. So I don't know if any of you guys on here have actually tried just going through LinkedIn because what I'm finding is a lot of leaders are actually posting some really inspiring content. So I'd recommend that. And I, I do believe that if by budding up with somebody and um, obviously I'm trying to get community together, but the, the real secret to what I've been doing for the last eight years is actually getting people to talk to one another. And that's as silly as that may sound simple, people don't talk. And I think, you know, I think that's what um, you need to do. You need, this is a time to actually ask people how they're doing 
and wait for a response. And one of my values is listening. It's not really a value, but I've adopted it as one. But I think you need to listen to what people are saying more carefully. Hmm. Another question from Rob. How important do you think structure is getting or staying in a routine? Yeah, um, I think there's two groups of people. There's some people that um, really struggle with um, lots of time with their hands. They don't know what to do. And for some of these people, I've encouraged them, write a timetable, you know, 8 o'clock, get up, 8.30, have breakfast, whatever it is, and, you know, really have, a, write it down so it's not just in your head. For some people, they really need to stick to that. Otherwise, they start sitting by themselves, they start thinking about all the bad things that are happening in the world, and then negative things come in. So for some people, structure and routine is really important. Um, and for other people, they can be a bit freer. Um, so it's, there's no sort of universal rules, but depending on the sort of person you are, um, if you think a structure is really good, make a timetable, try and stick to it. And um, for other people, um, they may not need that so much. Yeah. I just got to say, it's um, funny when you're in a relationship and people, your partner has a different, like one person wants to watch the news and the other person doesn't want to watch the news. <laughs> That's yeah. always a tricky one. Yeah, from me, Mark here. Um, yes, I've just been reading an interesting article on isolation and people who have um, done that. And, and the article actually featured um, one of the astronauts up in the space station who was up there for nearly a year. And the key uh, takeaway point that he made was um, scheduling a routine and sticking to a routine. And so when um, it came around to weekends, he did weekend type of things, although, you know, he was living and breathing work all the time, being up in the space station. So there was a heavy workload anyway, but he tried to, to make sure that he stuck with those sorts of uh, features. And he recommends that anyone in isolation, that's the key thing you need to do. And it means getting up in the morning, even if you are not working from home, just put a bit of a routine and structure into your day, otherwise it'll do your head in. Right. Well, so what are you doing today, Michael? You've been um, trapped at home in your house there. Is that oh, you know, good? What's your plan of attack? Huh, this last week, um, I've been run off my feet running webinars on stress and mental illness for people. Um, so actually this afternoon, I'm going to have a little bit of a break, hopefully. Um, yes, there's obviously lots of really stressed out people and lots of people going through really difficult um, situations in New Zealand. So um, yeah, you're more than welcome to add me on LinkedIn. If I can help anyone, do let me know. Um, and if you can't afford it, look, there's no cost. I realise businesses don't have a lot of money at the moment. Um, Yes, that's what I've been doing this weekend. I'm going to have a break this afternoon because I've been run off my feet. Well, I was just going to ask you how you actually go about recharging yourself. I talk quite a lot and sometimes far too much, but I do need, I do feel drained and it's been a toll on, you know, everyone gets that. So how do you find the best way of recharging yourself? You just probably just told us really. That's part of it. Um, I think sometimes, you know, if you get lots of notifications on your phone or messages, sometimes put your phone down can be really helpful. Um, I'm really creative, so I like um, either, um, I quite like making up model kit sets, something that can just take my mind off this, um, a write for pleasure, um, there's things like that. So just try and find things that you really enjoy doing um, and, you know, turn off some of these distractions and some of these negative things around you. 
Yeah, I think um, what I said earlier on, I'll just reiterate that. It says, look for what you do have control over rather than focusing on what you have no control over. So you, we're all limited, but we can do stuff with that. We've got any more questions for Michael Hempseed? Yes, we've got a um, question yep. from Kelvin. What are your thoughts towards the future of mental health well-being coming out of this crisis? And how can tools be developed for people that are hopeful at this time to keep them strong? Excellent question. Um, we don't know the long-term impact of this because we've never had something like this before. Um, so I would expect quite a lot of people, as I said, to cope pretty well in the first few weeks. What I would imagine is in maybe three to six months when a lot more people are unemployed, they're finding maybe the economy is worse than they thought it was. I think it's times like that that people are going to struggle. Um, there's been lots of interesting studies done on children that have been through trauma. And what they've found is that the most important thing if a child's been through trauma is to have a positive, stable relationship in their life. So even if lots of bad things have happened, if they can um, have that positive, stable relationship, that really helps them get through the difficult times. And I think as a community, the thing we need to do is look out for people that might be struggling. And sometimes the signs that people might be struggling are not that they look visibly distressed. It might be they used to post quite a bit on Facebook or social media and they don't do that so more. It could be withdrawal. And I think those are the people that we need to look after. And if as a community we can support them, um, that really makes a difference. Um, so the big thing is being there and connecting with people. Brilliant. Go Lance. Yeah, Clinton. I'll try and unmute you. The race is on. Try again. There you go, Clinton. Hey, um, Michael. It's, it's probably more of a comment um, further to what Danny was saying. Um, I guess wrapping around routines, what I've found quite useful um, is, uh, again, I'm not banging on about Robert Hollis, but um, finding it sort of leads into feeding yourself with good content and not rubbish content um I, my routine i definitely uh, he's a good aranui high boy actually i'll rob it he's um in particular he's interviewing business leaders and i find personally i find looking for content that's consistent and has a good positive message and and building it into my day like that's part of my day i try and watch one or two of his interviews a day and i, I make that part of my routine and i i've said it before i think you know, you know we're, we're covering the same sort of stuff but uh, mental fitness at the uh, post this is going is to be so important to, to um, rebuilding your business or starting a new business or whatever your situation might be. Mental fitness is going to be key in this. So I, I, I strongly believe the content that we're feeding ourselves has to be of a positive nature and, and try as much as possible not to um, you know, feed yourself with bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spot on, man. Go with that, brother. A question from Vanessa. There are some people out there who do not show stress. They are the ones trying to keep everyone else happy. Are there any strategies to identify the anxiety with them? Um, hmm. Yes. Um, unfortunately, some of these people tend to cope quite well in the moment, but they tend to crash later on. Um, one of the things I say is, what are the th um, try and identify within yourself, what are the signs that you're not coping? So for example, some people, it could be something like, they always have a clean car. And then if their car becomes really messy, that's, and people are laughing. Um, and if their car becomes really messy, that's an indicator of stress. 
Um, it could be something like um, they buy lots of food, you know, lots of meat or something like that, and they don't eat it because they forget about it. So trying to get people to, and sometimes actually write down um, their, um, write down their stresses so they can see them in front of them. Try and get these people to identify it. Um, one of the difficult things we've found about high stress is that often people that are in a state of high stress, they don't actually recognize it in themselves. And this is where we need to go up to people and say, I am concerned, or I have noticed that um, at the moment, you've got a lot on your plate. Um, you know, you've just lost your business. Um, you've got four really hyperactive kids at home. I am concerned about your stress levels. Um, have you noticed this yourself? So sometimes having that conversation with people before they um, crash. Question from Helen. How do we explain to children what is happening and that things will be okay? Yeah. I think this is a great research project for people. And this could be um, any sort of school project. So um, you could use this in maths. You know, you could find out about the statistics of the way that we have dramatically dropped, say, child mortality. Um, I mean, in the past, it was quite common for people to have seven or eight children and maybe only two or three of them would survive um, because we had such high rates of childhood illnesses. But today, um, I think trying to explain that, yes, this is bad, but really emphasize the technology side of it. And really with children, emphasize that, yes, we have a serious problem on our hands, but show them that we can fix things. And I think um, that's a good way to explain it. Um, obviously, with children, you would want to limit how exactly how much information you give them. But just say, look, this serious illness has broken out but try and show them examples of scientists working on this, um, scientists from the past that have managed to change these things. Um, so I think that would be a good way to explain it to children, giving them that hopefulness, not just there's really this really scary thing out there and there's nothing we can do about it, we're all doomed. Um, probably is not a helpful message. It sounds like the word leadership is like the, the end of my tongue anyway. It's really good, Michael. I really value having you here today, and it's, it's absolutely awesome. Uh, keep the questions going uh, before he runs away. He's got to be away at 10.30. So if you don't know how to ask a question, you, you can wave like an old-fashioned person, or you can go down to the modern chat box at the bottom and put a question in there. Yeah. Question from Freya. What is the best way to support people going through grief when you don't know what to say to show them your support? Yeah. Hmm. Um, that, um, so um, if you um, either read that book, um, either by Megan Devine, It's Okay That You're Not Okay, or if you Google her name, Megan Devine, um, she's got quite a few good YouTube talks on this. Um, but just being okay with, say, people being upset. Um, sometimes people think, you know, if someone's crying, oh, what do I do? I don't want to be around this person. But actually, our humanity comes from putting our own comfort aside to help people. And um, we often think you've got to say the right things, but just be there and support people and say, you know, if you just want to sit here, I just want to sit with you and so that you can know that I'm here. If you do want to talk, I'm happy to chat, but if you just can't find the words at the moment, that's okay. Um, one of the things we know about people that are grieving is they can't think clearly. Um, Megan Devine talks about going out shopping and she comes home and puts the shopping in the washing machine. She's just really lost in the state. We don't really know what's happening. So, you know, people can't talk um, often about complex things, but just being there. And sometimes they might seem really lifeless and they might seem like, well, what you're doing doesn't make a difference. But I've talked to so many people several years after they've been through a big grief incident. And they said, look, I didn't show it at the time. I didn't say thank you. But it meant the world to me that that person was willing to be there with me. 
Good stuff. So where we at, fellas? So how's the first week of solitary confinement been? Are you going to do something criminal so we can carry on this in the prisons? <laughs> no one's going to be naughty ever again. <laughs> um, one, one thing I didn't notice, it was actually quite good. Last night there was a, on TV, there was a WhatsApp uh, channel group started up where it's quite cool. So if you want some really good facts about what's happening with the virus and the stats, download WhatsApp. And I wouldn't actually mind starting up a channel of our own as well. Um, don't forget the... So what have we got? Is there any other question there, Lance? Uh, we've, got, we've got one from James. I think trying to do something normal every day is effective. Do you want to just um, perhaps reinforce that one, Michael? Yeah. Um, so I think... So there's lots of research around the fact that change is really difficult for a lot of people. Um, as human beings, we often don't like it. And what the research does indicate is if you can try and emphasize what is the same when there have been big changes. So, you know, if in the past you liked um, gardening, you know, go out and do the garden. Um, if you liked um, chatting to friends, ring them up. So keep doing some of those things that you really enjoyed doing. And I know sometimes people love going to say Higley Park and, um, you know, running around there. And I know you can't do that. Um, but sometimes trying to find substitutes, you know, run around your block or something like that. Um, but really, um, it's really important because it can feel like everything in the world has changed, everything's got worse, but actually that's not the case. There are lots of things that are still really similar. Um, so try and focus on those things that you really enjoy and the things that you've really liked in the past. Just, actually, just one thing I'll point out on that. Um, so yesterday we found out that Bauer Media um, that published things like um, North and South of the Listener um, has gone under. And on the surface, you know, if someone seems really upset about that, um, it might seem like an overreaction, but um, possibly that's the breaking point for people. Lots of people hold things together and there's often quite a small event like that, but that's the time when um, people really do come unstuck. And it's really easy for us to say, come on, get over it. It's just a magazine or it's just this, it doesn't really matter. But actually it's important to look at, well, what's behind this? Is there more to the story? And have there been other stresses in their life? And is this the time when, um, you know, this is just the breaking point for people? So it's really important that we um, look a bit deeper and don't just write people off as getting upset over nothing. That's the time when um, people really do come stuck. It's really easy for us to say... A question from Rob. Is creating lists of jobs to do a good thing? Um, it depends on the sort of person you are. Um, some people make lists and they find that it's really helpful. They can see what they need to do. Um, and other people, when they make lists, they get overwhelmed by it. And um, one quick tip, psychologists have found that human beings are absolutely dreadful at estimating time. Even project managers whose job it is to do this often aren't very good at it. And um, we've all done this on a Saturday morning. We've had a list of 10 things to do. Uh, we think we'll get them all done by 1 p.m. And then four weeks later, we haven't got through the half the, half the first one. Um, so in terms of lists, be realistic about lists. If you write a list and you're getting really stressed out that you haven't written the book and you haven't written that new novel and haven't done all this stuff in the first week, um, maybe you need to change your list. So I think lists can be really helpful, particularly for people that probably are um, probably quite stressed at the moment. It can be hard to think of things when you're um, stressed. So having a list can be helpful, but make sure it's realistic because otherwise people get so stressed out about the list and the things they haven't done, that can make it worse. 
Vicky, I think that's a funny question. I've got to ask this one, uh, Lance, but Vicky Eastwood says, is it a little bit odd if you're really embracing being in the lockdown? No, to be honest, I'm actually enjoying this time. Um, so last year around New Zealand, I think I did about 200 talks. Um, I think, I, what I work out, I think I had 78 nights away from Christchurch. Uh, so to be honest, oh. I'm actually looking forward to a break. So um, yes, people can really enjoy this time. And I think rather than trying to see the lockdown as a burden, try and find a way to enjoy it. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to um, learning about more psychology topics in depth and just have a chance to not have to rush from A to B, just have a chance to take it easy and relax a little bit. So yes, people can really enjoy this time. I love, I love my saying, look at what you have control over rather than what you can't control. Lance, do you agree with that one? Yeah, there's a, a good point from Andrea. I think others will uh, respond to that accordingly. Question from Karen O'Driscoll. How do I get my son to keep doing his study, but he keeps uh, <laughs> flaming around making excuses, etc.? Yeah. Um, the important thing is here to try and figure out what the challenge is. So um, is the work too difficult? Does he not understand what's happening? Or if people are really stressed or anxious, they can't learn. Um, there's a woman called Betty Tootle, and she wrote a book called All Four Engines Have Failed. Um, she was aboard British Airways Flight 04, which um, went through a volcanic ash cloud, and then suddenly all four engines failed on this flight, and the cabin began to fill with smoke. You know, that is a really scary situation. And what she found was she was trying to read a book on this flight and she tried to read a sentence and she just couldn't take it in. And she read it over and over again and she just couldn't process the information. So in terms of if young people are not doing their work, try and work out what the reason is. Um, is the work too difficult for them? Um, is it that they're really stressed and they just can't think or concentrate? One of the other things that's really important is um, sometimes when you're a bit stressed, the hardest thing to do is to start a new project. So if you've ever tried pushing mm. a car from a complete stop, you'll know that that's actually really quite difficult. But once you get a bit of momentum behind it, a car's easier to push. In the same way, sometimes doing schoolwork, um, it's the mental effort of thinking, I've got to start this, that can be the difficult bit. And I say, just start anywhere. Um, for example, if you're writing an assignment, often the hardest bit to actually write is the opening sentence because that's you're going from nothing to something. Yes. So start by putting down whatever ideas you have. Just start with whatever bits you do know and try and go from there um, if you're tempted to procrastinate or a bit stuck on where to go forward. Mate, that was a gold nugget for me. Uh, I always start in task, but I just think that's yeah, a brilliant piece of advice. So I, I take my hat off to you on, on what you just said there. Thank you. Lance, another question? Yes, there's a few now. I hope you're going to be able to stick around, Michael. Um, I do have to leave in a couple of minutes, but um, please do add me on LinkedIn. So just Michael Hemp said, last time I checked, I'm the only one in the whole world. Um, but yeah, if you <laughs> um, and Danny, if you want to do another one, we do a question and answer sometime, and I'm more than happy to do that as well if people have other questions. So yeah, I'm happy to try and help break in with us. Got a really quick no, one really to, uh, to rephrase a question. Is there a toolkit that is around with ideas to get people through on an inspired or at an inspired level? Um, yes, it's a little hard to give a general thing. Um, there's been lots of, the, you know, for example, there's these singing choirs that have emerged overseas. And um, for some people that's learning a new skill that's building community. And um, a whole lot of universities have put some really interesting courses online for free that you can watch. 
so there's all sorts of different things. There are groups willing to teach you a language. You know, there's people um, stuck overseas um, and you might want to learn Italian or you might want to learn Spanish. There's people in <laughs> down on the other yeah. side of the world that can teach you these things. So um, there are toolkits, but it depends sort of on your what you want and where you are at. Um, and a good thing to do is ask people on social media, like, I'm really looking for something that can support me in this. Do you know any good resources? Um, one other thing mm. that I think is really surprising today is boredom. I've seen a lot of people post on social media that they're bored. We live in the most entertaining and mm. stimulating world that yeah. there's ever been. You know, there's so much stuff to do out there. Um, we shouldn't be mm. bored. But I think sometimes the problem is we don't know where to find this information. So if you do have a really good resource, if you've come across something, um, like a whole lot of uh, zoos around the world have live streamed the animals, you know, that can be really entertaining for some people. So if you've found a really good resource, try and share that with other people. No, that's awesome. I think I'm going to have yeah, to or get involved in a business networking company as well. That's brilliant. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a really good guy I know, Danny DeHeck, that's um, done some great work there. <laughs> Um, now, I'm really sorry, I'm going to have to leave you there, but um, if you do have any other questions that I didn't answer, yeah, do connect with me on LinkedIn, or um, we can do another session sometime. Um, right. I am going to try and help people as much as possible, because I know this is a really tough time for people. No, and I just want to take everyone off mute before you go, because we're going to do a, the biggest clap ever. Um, I'm going to do unmute everyone, everyone give a round of applause for um, Michael Henty. that was the first time i've heard that being done so thank you very much that was awesome you can stay around if you like you don't have to disappear straight away um we are looking for uh speakers to come in and talk so if you do know anyone please let me know you can find my details on danny.co.nz or if you um just want to hang around have a talk remember we've got this going on facebook live so that means you can share it and it was all recorded. So just listening to this meeting has been a great value to me. So if you can share it with people and get this out, that will also help us um, when we get our next speaker in. So we got up to about 60 people in the room. Uh, so I'm absolutely overwhelmed with that. So thank you very much for your attendance. And but anyone else got any questions, we can um, still play this game if you like. Pablo, you had your hand up. Was that a question for Mike, was it? Uh, yeah, kind of, I guess. But um, on that note about now enjoying the, the, the whole lockdown thing, uh, the first thing that I did when I realized that was about to happen was to create a lot of work for me so I could be busy doing all my editing during this time. But now that I've got all that work to do and all the time to get the work done, I'm seeing people doing nothing or, you know, just spending time with the family, going for walks and doing all the crow activity. And I'm like, shit, I'm kind of a little bit jealous. Or not, not jealous, I don't know what is the right word. Like, I'm feeling like, oh, I wanted to do a little bit of nothing, but now I can't because I've committed to all of that work, if that makes sense. And I'm like, how do I deal with this? Well, anyone got some thoughts on that? Oh. Go back to work. Create yourself a schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Create yourself a schedule uh, and schedule in your family time. <laughs> I got I got lists yeah. over lists, and I I, usually, I always have lists. Um, that's how I work, and it's great. I think you now the, the 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 amount of joy that you get when you cross things off that just keeps you motivated. 
But what I also did is create time and dedicate time to every little things that I have to do. And it's still working, mm. but, and, and it's just hard. And sometimes I go like, oh, you know what? Fuck it. I will just sit down, do nothing, watch some films. And I start feeling guilty about it. I want people, I'm going to put your Facebook page in the uh, chat window because Pablo has found something to keep himself busy. And if you go and look at his daily video blog and what he's doing, uh, you'll see uh, <laughs> how he thinks. You were like uh, the yesterday one, Danny. I did a special for you. Oh, did you? <laughs> did you? Oh, no, don't encourage him. Uh, see what happens. Okay. Anyone else got any questions or things they're struggling with? I mean, I know Mike is not here and I'm not an expert, but I mean, it's good to talk. What do you think about Michael, um, his thoughts on that? I thought it was actually come across really cool. Who's got their hand up? Bar's high now, Danny. The bar is very high. Thanks, Dave. Oh, he's on his phone. It was really well done. Yeah. No, it's good. Hey, what I'll do, actually, um, I'll just finish this meeting off and get it off Facebook Live as well, but feel free to hang around. But if you have watched us on Facebook Live, there's a wee button down the bottom, and we really appreciate you subscribing, liking, and sh sharing our social media. So I really appreciate you coming along and watching this. We've got other speakers. If you want to find out who's speaking next, we've got a schedule on Elite Six's website, uh, elite6.co.nz. <laughs> And I really value having you here today and also the time that you spent watching this video. I hope it was out of help. Have a great day.